Hello, folks. Trying to get things going here is uh, sometimes not so easy. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> so, okay. So let's uh, let's proceed, folks. Let's move forward. Onward, Patriot soldiers. Okay. That's weird. That works every time except for today. Go figure out, huh? Go figure it out. I'm just going to check one more thing. Okay. It should be perfect. All right. Okay, folks. Um, I don't have the... Uh, the... <laughs> yeah, I don't have the chat room going. So, um, if you try to get a hold of me, uh, I won't be there. So... I've had an interesting time trying to get on the air today, but uh, hey, we're here and that's all that matters, okay? So again, the uh, chat room is not on, and um, sorry about that, but uh, hey, some things have to happen, right? Always some things have to happen with this show, for goodness sakes. This afternoon, by the way, it's Tuesday afternoon, 3.03 .03 in the afternoon, to be exact, Pacific time. On uh, the 29th, 29th of uh, August already, uh, 2023. So, and we're up and running on uh, Telegram, which is good. Happy to see that. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I don't have the ticker going down on the bottom. So, uh, I, I, I have no excuse. <laughs> No excuse whatsoever. So uh, let me let me straighten that out before we get going, okay? And because uh, I don't know about you, but things like that drive me a little crazy. And it's a fairly simple thing to do. Yeah, all I gotta do is go like that, hit that. Oh, hold on, folks. This program does not make it easy for uh, for people to do what they got to do. Okay, I'm gonna see if that'll all fit up on top. Yeah, okay, it all fit up on top, so we're good. Okay, just hit that and an update. All right. Let's see. Show. All right, there we go. All right. <laughs> The title to tonight's show is, Are We Officially in a Full-Blown Civil War? I put the R in there at the beginning so that some of the formats that I'm in, if I were to come out and say, we are in a full-blown civil war, they wouldn't, wouldn't like that too much. They would see it as being insightful and everything else. But if it's a question, a lot of times they'll let it go. <clears throat> so... Oh, what's the course of uh, instruction for today, or the course of uh, discussion, maybe is a better word for it. Um, again, are we in a full-blown civil war? But um, I think we've been in one for a while. I did a show uh, last year, I think, sometime, maybe even the year before, about how we're in a, we were in a cold civil war. Um, politically, we were in a civil war, but uh, militarily, we weren't. But with recent activities that have been going on in Hawaii, well, what was it, last year or the year before when, um, no, it was even before that when um, 
when he decided to burn down uh, Paradise, California. Before that, when he decided to light uh, um, Santa Rosa, California, on fire, uh, that was probably the first uh, first aggression that the government showed towards us. And uh, yes, it was them. Um, everything's too precise. Everything is just too pristine for it to have been a natural occurrence. And you know, with paradise, you hear, "Oh well, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a power line that fell to the ground." Well, it wouldn't take much for them to use one of those laser beams or those um, any one of the the, the uh, weapons that they have, the uh, WEPs, uh, to take that power line down. Right? All they got to do is zap it once; it falls to the ground. Bam! You got a fire. Um, and they used that for uh, for Paradise. They never did come up with anything conclusive with Santa Rosa because uh, they weren't thinking. <laughs> I, I honestly think that they weren't thinking about um, what to say in that regard. So, but when people started asking questions, I guess they figured, well, the next time we're going to make sure we have answers, as stupid as they are, for the people. Okay. Uh, tonight, we're going to be uh, listening to uh, President Kennedy read the Declaration of Independence. If you read through the Declaration of Independence and what the grievances were with the King of England, <laughs> and just bring it 230 years, however many years it's been, 245, something like that, um, into the future, you'll see that a lot of the gripes and the complaints are legitimate, and uh, they're just repeating themselves. History does repeat itself, and there's nothing new under the sun. All right? Um, so, uh, and next we're going to listen to President Kennedy again uh, talk about a, um, the secret societies and how they are not product for, productive for, um, for free people. And we know that he was talking about the Masonics and, uh, and other secret societies. And... Um, so anyway, he'll, we'll go into that, and then we'll look into the, the Civil War. Um, some guys actually has expected it for a long time, and in a way kind of welcomes it. Um, and I can understand that, but... Uh, huh. Okay, and then we're going to look at some guy talking about... Uh, Bill Gates has actually said that we're going to have a Civil War. Not maybe Civil War, but it made it sound definite. Okay. And we all know that the Oakley Arcs in this country, and you might say there aren't any, but there are. The Gateses, the Rockefellers, the specifically here in the United States, um, plan all this stuff, okay? And uh, they plan the pandemic. Uh, they plan everything that's uh, detrimental to us. If it's good for us, it's not so much that they planned it, but uh, if it's bad for us, uh, it's got the fingerprints of the Gateses and the Soroses and um, the Rockefellers, <laughs> all over it, okay? So, anyway, that's going to be kind of the, the plan for discussion today. And also, I've got a couple of articles that I'm going to lead off with, okay, uh, to show that uh, we're in a civil war. I mean, heck, when Sarah Palin comes out with it <clears throat> and says that um, if this thing progresses with Trump, where they keep harassing him and arresting him and stuff, um, that it's most likely going to turn out to be a civil war, Okay. And like she says, uh, we're not going to take this stuff anymore. And I tend to agree with her. Uh, me, I can't do anything about it. But, uh, you know, she's just uh, another one is speaking out about it and is, uh, is stating a, an eventuality. Okay, it's not a, 
what if, it's an eventuality. Uh, you just push people so far and then uh, things, have to, things have to start happening to change things. Uh, Thomas Jefferson said that it was a good idea um, for there to be a revolution every once in a while so that uh, justices or justice can be reestablished and um, and things brought back around to a, a more sane view. And uh, uh, I think the last time I wouldn't exactly call it a revolution, but uh, the Civil War was the last time we did something like that. People could argue that the um, the civil rights movement was another one. And, and that's justifiable. Um, but other than those things, uh, nothing has really happened to, to change things for the better or to set us back on a, uh, an even keel, a, a good course, so to say. Um, so anyway, um, I wanted to look at this first article. And this was in a publication called, oh, it's, it's in The Guardian. It's a British rag. Um, and uh, uh, let's see if I can find a date when it was published. Oh, okay, Friday the 25th of August, uh, 2023, four days ago, okay, and uh, let's see here, the name of the uh, author is uh, Martin Pengeli, uh, and he's, I guess, they're one of the representatives in Washington, D.C., poor guy, he must have uh, drawn the short straw on that one, huh, okay, so, uh, the title of the article is Sarah Palin says U.S. Civil War is going to happen over Trump prosecutions. Or you could put substitute persecutions in there also. Um, it's, she says in a subtitle here, former vice presidential nominee uh, condemns prosecution or prosecutors over travesty and says we're not going to keep putting up with this. Okay. Man, I, I really respect that woman. I really do. Um, and it's got a picture of it. It says Sarah Palin outside the court, um, outside the court in New York, uh, February of last year. Palin was governor of Alaska when John McCain picked her as a running mate in 2008. And it says photographed by Lev uh, Zev, excuse me, Raiden and uh, Zuma and Rex. Okay. All right. Let's uh, let's proceed. Uh, second U.S. Civil War is going to happen if state and federal authorities continue to prosecute Donald Trump. The former Alaska governor and Republican vice president nominee, Sarah Palin, said, uh, Those who are conducting this travesty and creating this two-tiered system of justice, I just want to ask them, what the heck do you, do you want us to be in a civil war? Because what's going to happen? That's what's going to happen. Palin told Newsmax on uh, Tuesday night. We're not going to keep putting up with this. Palin was speaking to the right-wing network as Trump surrendered uh, at a jail in Fulton County, Georgia, and a historic mugshot was released. And boy, he didn't look happy in that, did he, folks? I think most of you have had a chance to see it by now. It was kind of like, okay, uh, I'm tired of this. I'm I'm going to stop this garbage, and I'm going to fight back okay and he has been fighting back in a legal sense but uh, I'll leave it up to your imagination what that means that look on his face um, it says wearing a blue suit white shirt and red tie the former president scowled into the camera authorities have uh, warned of potential violence from his supporters I don't know if it's just from his supporters but Americans and large folks it's uh People are starting to see, especially the people of Hawaii, my goodness. 
I think that that fire just changed them all. I think Hawaii is going to be a red state uh, if we get to another election. Okay, uh, continue with the article. In total, Trump, 77 years old, uh, faces 91 criminal charges under four indictments for state and federal election uh, subversion, retention of classical records, and hush money payments to a porn star. Um, He faces a civil trial over defamation arising from the allegation of rape for which he was found liable. Uh, He faces investigations of his business affairs. Now, how can you be liable for a rape if you didn't commit it? I mean, if it was a rape, he should be put in jail for that. But I think they know that they they can't push too far. Well, at least in that instance, they couldn't. They're starting to get a lot braver now. Um, The former president denies all wrongdoing, claiming political prosecution, dominating national and key state polling for the next Republican presidential nomination. He felt able to skip the first debate in Milwaukee this week. Academics, having long warned of a potential for Trump to stoke violence worse than an attack on Congress on January 6, 2021, when supporters he told to fight like hell, boy, this is skewed in the wrong way, uh, to stop certification of Biden's victory, stormed the Capitol building, nine deaths have been linked to the right. In all actuality and truth, uh, Trump told everybody to go home in peace and not do this, okay? And only a, a small number of people actually went into the Capitol, and um, there are suspicions that they were um, FBI agents and other people that were dressed as regular civilians to to make it look like uh, Trump's people were going in there. Um, we're just not like that, folks. I'm sorry, but uh, they can say it all they want, but we're not like that, and it, it wasn't us. It was probably some um, some of the uh, current president's men. Let's just put it that way. Uh, academics have long warned of a potential for Trump to stake. Oh, I think I read that. Yes. Okay, I did read that. Uh, Barbara F. Walter, author of How Civil Wars Start and How to Stop Them, and a CIA advisor has written, there's a problem right there, a CIA advisor, Okay. And she says, quote, no one wants to believe that their beloved democracy is in decline or headed toward a war, end quote. But, um, quote, if you were an analyst in a foreign country looking at the events in America, the same way you'd look at events in Ukraine or the Ivory Coast or Venezuela, you would go down a checklist assessing each of the conditions that make civil war likely. Uh, And the quote continues, and what you would find is that the United States, a democracy founded more than two centuries ago, has entered a very dangerous territory. Uh, Palin was governor of Alaska when John McCain picked her as his running mate uh, against Barack Obama in 2008. Many observers, including figures involved in the choice, now see her selection as the starting point for Republican rush to extremism that shows no sign of slowing. You notice the the wording, folks, extremism. You know, it's not uh, justice-seeking, it's extremism, and uh, according to them. Okay, Palin has remained prominent, uh, though a run for Congress failed last year. Okay. I don't know about you, do you have trouble with the those and the throughs and the thought, those three words? Yeah. When you're reading, anyway. um, On Thursday, addressing her, her host... The ex-Fox News anchor, Eric Bowling, uh, Palin said, you suggested that we need 
to get angry. We do need to rise up and take our country back. Uh, quote, now I would say the RNC, Republican National Committee, that's what's lacking when it comes to the collective anger that can be healthy and can be useful. Quote, where, the, where is the RNC? They, told, they hold the purse strings of the party. Uh, they hold the funds that can help out this situation. They have the platform, and yet they're too timid. Bunch of freaking rhinos, uh, which means Republican in name only, running the thing. So the RNC, they better get their stuff together, or we have to ask them, uh, or we will have to ask them to, or have to ask them to. Uh, what do they want as an outcome of this civil war? Okay, that pretty well takes care of that. Okay, so. You know, I read in an article today that no prominent people are out there calling for civil war. And she's not really calling. She's warning. Um, but um, I don't know. They're, they're, they're going to make a lot out of this. They are. They're going to say that she's threatening civil war and that she's leading an insurrection. I'd, I'd be surprised if she wasn't in court and or in jail pretty soon for the comments that she made. Although she's got every right to make them uh, with the First Amendment. Uh, freedom of speech, freedom of expression. Um, but <laughs> where did freedom go? Freedom really doesn't exist in this country anymore, does it? Okay. All right, let's jump over to the uh, second article. Okay. Is the U.S. headed for another civil war? And this is, um, it's in Brookings. I guess it's the Brookings Institute. Um, and uh, it's a commentary. And it was written by William G. Gale and Daryl M. West written September 16, 2021. So it's a couple of years old. But uh, even back then, people saw what was, what was down the road, you know? Um, and, and it continues. It says, it's really is it really possible that America could face the possibility of a civil war in the near future? It may seem unthinkable, and yet there's much to worry about. A 2021 national survey by pollster John Zogby found a plurality of Americans, 46% believed the future civil war was likely, 43% felt it was unlikely, and 11% were not sure. I guess those are the people that don't watch the news or, or are living in a bubble somewhere. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. War seemed more likely for younger people, 53%, than older ones, 31%, and those residing in the South, 49%, and the Central Great Lakes region, 48%, relative to those in the East, 39%. Well, you know what lives on the East Coast, right? Liberals. Okay. Meanwhile, Republican Representative uh, Madison Cawthorn of North Carolina make, made a false claim regarding election integrity and said, if our election systems continue to be rigged, then it's going to lead to one place, and that's bloodshed. There's nothing I would dread doing more than to have a pickup arms against a fellow American, uh, end quote. It says translation. He's given us his translation, okay, the way he sees it, which is uh, bovine scatology. Uh, translations, it would be a shame if a false election could cause a civil war. These kinds of remarks should not be taken lightly. That's right, they should be taken very seriously, and by the other side, they should be taken seriously as a, a warning, you know, like, don't push too far. You know, it's, I don't know. The recent survey did not ask why people thought civil war was possible or how it could happen. Uh, 
but we believe that there are several forces pushing many to imagine the unthinkable. Okay, hot button issues. Racial equality, gun control, abortion, ele election legitimacy, climate change. If I hear climate change one more time. Okay, uh, let's continue. Vaccine, ma Vaccines, masks, the list goes on. Cultural, economic, and political issues generate outrage and hostility. We already are seeing uh, border wars via federalism, with individual states passing major legislation that differs considerably from that, of that in other places. As an illustration, a new Texas law virtually outlaws abortions after six weeks of pregnancy, and he says at a time which many women do not even know that they are pregnant. I tend to disagree with that. Uh, while other states continue to uphold the 1973 Roe v. Wade framework and a clear majority of Americans support legalized abortion, that's horse hockey. Okay, that's, that's false information right there. Um, okay, so let's continue. Next, uh, the next uh, reason, high levels of inequality and polarization. Uh, these hot-button issues are driven in part by widespread and interrelated divisions that burden the country, separated by ideology, race, gender, living standards, and opportunities for education and economic advancement. Different groups have dramatically different views about uh, public policy and American society. There can be large variations in opinions depending on the issues. Well, yeah, if somebody's screaming in your ear all the time that, hey, you're not being treated fair, you're not being treated fair, when you, when you generally are, then after a while, even if you don't believe that what they're saying, after a while, it starts working into you. See, these people know psychology. They know that if they keep saying this over and over and over and over again, although the person doesn't believe it, they take a little bit of it. And what did Yeshua say about a little leaven? A little leaven leavens the whole loaf. Now, I, I bake from time to time. I make bread for around here and stuff because I think it's healthier bread than what you can get in the stores. And um, and I know that when you add leaven, which is yeast, um, it makes the dough rise. And if it makes the dough rise, it makes for a better loaf of bread. It, it really does, okay? But if you put just a little leaven in, what I usually put in like uh, two teaspoonfuls of leaven in a loaf, it just takes over the whole loaf. And if you leave that loaf alone, that little bit of leaven will work its way through all of the dough and make it rise, okay? So a little bit of leaven leavens the whole loaf. A little bit of um, propaganda um, causes problems in all of society, okay? All right. Let's see. Where was I at? Um separated by ideology, race, gender, living standards, and opportunity for education and economic advancement, different groups have dramatically different views about public policy and American society. They can be large variations of, in opinion depending on the issue. Okay, let's, let's get into this a little, okay? Because, okay, here, here's, a, here's one thing, okay? Take the, the names of some of the sports groups that are out there, uh, the sporting, like football was at the Redskins, and then there's the, uh, the Cleveland Indians for baseball, um, the Braves for Atlanta. Well, from what I've read and what I've heard, Native Americans really don't care about that. 
Okay, and if you think about it, it's it's giving honor to the the bravery and stuff of those those that that people group. Okay, so why would it be a problem except that a bunch of white liberals make it an issue? Um, other thing, I remember last year um, there were some whites that were representing Black Lives Matter. You you figure that out? I can't. Um, and they were going around, you know, oh, yeah, blacks have not been taken care of. They've, they're, they're still experiencing um, hardships. And a black woman said, what are you, you're not even black. How do you know? And oh, my life is not that bad. And my friends' lives are not that bad. Why are you bringing this issue up when it's not clear and it's not true? And they, you know what they did? They made her look like a poor, stupid black woman that didn't know what she was talking about. And boy, that, that ticked me off. <laughs> it ticked her off, too. And um, But that's, you get these white liberals that get in and they, they intermix with these groups and they convince these groups that they're being, um, they're being treated wrongly. Okay, and again, you hear things over and over and over again. Now, yes, there are some wrongs that are happening to different groups in the, in the Americas, or the United States specifically. Um, and those things can be conquered, but not if the people are being fed that they're doing wrong, that wrong is being done against them. Okay, and it's been said over and over and over again that the races were starting to get together until Barack Obama came on the scene. And after he left office, all hell is broken loose uh, with race relations here in the United States. So Barack Obama, you're the one, you're the problem, you and your husband, uh, Michael. Um, so anyway, yeah, you're probably going, oh yeah, you're a conspiracy theorist, you believe that. Well, all I know is that when, when Michael Robinson ceased to exist, Michelle Obama came into the, uh, or Michelle Robinson came into the, the view and, uh, and fell in love with a, another man, and uh, they hit it off. Okay, next uh, category, high levels of... I can swear I read this already. Yeah, I did. Okay, next one, winner-take-all politics. The sharp delineation and perspective does not, in itself, have to bring government to a halt. Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan were able to negotiate and reach agreements. For instance, for instance... Um, but today's toxic atmosphere makes it difficult to negotiate on important issues, which makes people angry with the federal government and has helped to create a winner-take-all approach in politics. When the stakes are so high, people are willing to consider extraordinary means to achieve their objectives. Winning becomes a goal over almost every other consideration, which leads to dot dot, okay? In other words, remains to be seen. <laughs> okay so winner takes all and it, it wasn't always that way there was a day folks if you're younger you don't know this but when democrats and republicans got along yeah we didn't believe what each other believed but we the democrats used to say i don't, may not believe in what you believe but i'll die for your right to believe it well now now it should be i don't believe what you believe and i will kill you because you don't believe like me <laughs> you know and that's clearly a, um, a leftist uh, ideology. Okay, yeah, there are some white people that believe that too, but um, for the most part, it's leftist. Okay, P belief that the other side does not play fair. 
One of the most worrisome contemporary signs is the widespread belief that the other side is ruthless. Liberals see conservative limit, limiting the votes, limiting voting rights, excuse me, endangering democracy and ignoring procedural safeguards, while conservatives think the progressives are turning to socialism and disrespecting freedom and liberty. Viewing others with great suspicion and doubting their motives is an indication that faith in a system is eroding and there's little good and there is little good will in how people goodwill in how people deal with one another. Okay. And of course, prevalence of guns. Here we go. As and remember this is a liberal that wrote this, okay? So, you know, take Take the good stuff and throw out the bad stuff, but don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Okay. Sorry, I got flies and gnats. It's it's fly season here, and it's really a bummer. Um, prevalence of guns. As the problems above were not enough, America has an extraordinary number of guns and private militias. If that was true, show me where these militias are. I don't. I've never seen them. Um, I've heard of them, but I've never seen them. Um, and with this radio issue, you'd think some of them would get a hold of me, but no one has. So that um, that just proves right there. Folks, I I think my wife is going to be returning home here, and my dog's going to go mazo. So um, I'll try to work around that. Until she comes into the house, they're going to keep barking. So uh, we got a little Chewini that thinks she's the, the watchdog of the whole neighborhood. So um, anyway, uh, let's see. Let's see. Rachel Levy of the Wall Street Journal writes that several hundred private militia groups now exist in the country. Where? (laughs) Where are they? And they have proliferated in recent years. Current militias generally are made up of right-wing white men. Here we go. Boy, that's not racist. Who worry about changing demographics, stagnating wages, and how the shift to multiracial and multi-ethnic America will affect them. Well, yeah, it's a valid concern, you know, but I don't think that before Obama, nobody cared about it. You know, then all of a sudden, you know, it's uh, anyway. um, Let's see. Uh, Let's see. Okay, these groups create the potential for violence because they tend to attract radicalized individuals, uh, train members for violent encounters and use social media to reinforce people's existing beliefs. You know, folks. I know people that are very, that make me look like um, middle of the road. You know, they're they're very strong and they have a lot of opinions. But you know what? They're they're willing to sit down and listen and talk to other people. So I don't know where the you know this is all prefabricated and made up as far as I'm concerned. Um, let's see. I'm going to start that again. These groups create the potential for violence because they tend to attract radicalized radicalized individuals. Yeah, like the left doesn't. Okay, that was my question. Uh, Train members for violent encounters. Oh, yeah, well, what about Black Lives Matter? And use social media to reinforce people's existing beliefs. Okay, well, yeah, except where? You can't do it on... (laughs) You can't do it on YouTube. You can't do it on um, Facebook. Um you can't do it anywhere or else you get banned. So this is all bupkis. It's uh, bovine scatology. They op- often talk about armed rebellion, and some members of these organizations already have engaged in violence 
and are helping others to plan their own assaults and, and shootings. Where? <laughs> Where? You know, th this guy could write this all he wants, but show me proof. This is See, this is the kind of propaganda that gets out there and really pisses people off because they make this crap up and they don't ever cite different things, okay? They never cite what they're talking about or give examples and stuff like that, so... Okay, it says, uh, still, civil war is not inevitable. And I'm just going to encapsulate that. Uh, Take a deep breath, despite the factors above, civil war is not inevitable. Indeed, that scenario faces several limiting factors that hopefully will stop the escalation of conflict. Historically, other than during the 1860s and the Reconstruction period, these kinds of forces have limited mass violence and have kept the country together. What? These kinds of forces have limited mass violence and have kept the country together. Okay, how can you be divisive and keep the country together? Okay, let's see. The first one, most of the organizations talking about civil war are private, not public entities. Well, somebody write to Sarah Palin and tell her she's not a public entity. Okay, please do that because I don't think she knows it. It says, when southern states seceded in 1860, they had police forces, military organizations, and state-sponsored militias. That varies considerably from today, where the forces who have organized uh, for internal violence are mostly private in nature. They are not sponsored by state or local governments and do not have the powers of governmental agencies. I think the Constitution calls those militias, um, and that calls for them, actually. Uh, they are voluntary in nature and cannot compel others to join their causes. Okay. Uh, there is no clear regional split. Now, that's true. We do not have the North-South schism, similar to what existed in the 19th century. Uh, there are urban and rural differences with specific states, with progressives dominating the cities, while conservatives reside in the rural communities. <clears throat> But that is far different. You know why they resolve in rural communities? Because they don't feel safe in the urban areas. Um, and you can just look at your news and, and determine why they don't feel safe. Okay. But that is far different geographical divide than, than one region could wage war on another. The lack of distinctive or uniform geographic divisions limits the ability to confront other areas organize supply chains, and mobilize the population. Uh, this can be, there can be local skirmishes between different forces, but not a situation where one state or region attacks another. Okay. I think that's crap too, but, you know, I mean, <laughs> the people in the Midwest of this country do not think like the people on both coasts. Okay, and that's a whole region. It ranges all the way from uh, Wyoming and uh, Montana all the way down to Texas and then from, um, from Ohio and all the way down to uh, Florida, you know? Um, anyway, this guy, I guess this guy can't see this, you know? When you're looking through blinders, you, uh, you can't see what's in your peripheral. Okay. Although there have been some deteriorating procedural safeguards and uh, democratic protections, 
the rule of law remains strong and government officials are in a firm position to penalize those who engage in violent actions. Yeah, that's, and thus you have things like Ruby Ridge and, uh, and Waco where they come in and murder a whole group of people. Okay. We expect that these limiting factors will allow the country to avoid full-scale civil war. However, with nearly half of the country believing this conflict to be likely, we need to take the scenario seriously. This is, after all, not the first time the country has been sharply divided. In the 1860s conflagration, a need to strip, a need to step, a needed step to rid the nation of slavery lasted four years, cost over 600,000 lives. It had a devastating impact on the economy, political system, and a society as whole. It was shocking breach of the National Union by slaveholders and a demonstration of what happens when basic uh, governance breaks down. Well, it also had to do a lot with states' rights, too, but people like this don't write those things. Um, we should not assume it could happen, it could not happen, excuse me, and ignore the ominous signs that conflict is spiraling out of control. Even if we do not end up in open combat, there could be an uptick in domestic terrorism and armed violence that could destabilize the country. In this time, it is time to take safeguards, safeguarded democracy, address social con societal concerns, excuse me, and defuse our current tinderbox. Oh, how are you going to do that? How are you going to defuse it? Huh? I don't know. And when liberals write stuff, it just totally befuddles me. It, uh, some of the things they come up with are just, uh, you know, that one sentence contradicts the other, <clears throat> you know, and uh, one, one of their actions contradicts the rest of their actions. So, um, anyway, so we got here. So let's listen to Kennedy read the Declaration of Independence and then talk about that a little bit. Okay, then we'll listen to him talk about secret societies and we'll watch the other two videos. And then by then, uh, geez, it's been 40 minutes already that we've been on the air. Where does time go? Okay, so here we go. You're not going to really see any video. It's one of those things where you find online and you see the picture of the guy and they, you hear him reading and stuff like that. So, But uh, listen to the content because the, there's nothing like the Declaration of Independence. It is specific. It lists every infraction that the King of England and the English legislatures and thus were... The per were perpetrating against the American colonies, okay? And um, like I said, we'll go through it vaguely, a little bit anyway, um, before we move on to other things. So, okay, let's listen to President Kennedy. Uh, I like listening to this guy. His, he was a great orator. So, uh, and if John Kennedy Jr. is alive, man, your dad was awesome. Here we go. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, 
that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence indeed will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes, and accordingly all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty, to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having indirect object, the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. To prove this, let facts be submitted to a candid world. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. He has forbidden his governors to pass laws of immediate and pressing importance. Unless suspended in their operation till his assent should be obtained, and when so suspended, he has utterly neglected to attend to them. He has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people, unless those people would relinquish their right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable to them and formidable to tyrants only. He has called together legislative bodies at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public records for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. He has dissolved representative houses repeatedly for opposing with manly firmness his invasions on the rights of the people. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative power, incapable of annihilation, have returned to the people at large for their exercise, the state remaining in the meantime exposed to all the dangers of invasion from without and convulsions within. He has endeavored to prevent the population of these states for that purpose obstructing the laws for naturalization of foreigners refusing to pass others to encourage their migrations hither and raising the conditions of new appropriations of land. He has obstructed the administration of justice 
by refusing his assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. He has made judges dependent on his will alone for the tenure of their offices and the amounts and payment of their salaries. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of offices to harass our people and eat out their substance. He has kept among us in times of peace standing armies without the consent of our legislatures. He has affected to render the military independent of and superior to the civil power. He has combined with others to subject us to a jurisdiction foreign to our constitution and unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation for quartering large bodies of armed troops among us, for protecting them by a mock trial from punishment for any murders which they should commit on the inhabitants of these states, for cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, for imposing taxes on us without our consent, for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretended offenses, for abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, establishing therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies, for taking away our charters abolishing our most valuable laws and altering fundamentally the forms of our government, for suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. He has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his protection and waging war against us. He has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burned our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. He is at this time transporting large armies of foreign mercenaries to complete the work of death, desolation, and tyranny already begun with circumstances of cruelty and perfidy, scarcely paralleled in the most barbarous ages, and totally unworthy the head of a civilized nation. He has constrained our fellow citizens, taken captive on the high seas, to bear arms against their country, to become the executioners of their friends and brethren, or to fall themselves by their hands. He has excited domestic insurrections among us, and has endeavored to bring on the inhabitants of our frontiers the merciless Indian savages, whose known rule of warfare is an indistinguished destruction of all ages, sexes, and conditions. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. A prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to be the ruler of a free people nor have we been wanting in attentions to our British brethren. We have warned them from time to time 
of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. They too have been deaf to the voice of justice and of consanguinity. We must therefore acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are, and of a right ought to be, free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British Crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. interesting stuff man and i don't know if you were following along very astutely but um yeah <laughs> a lot of those things are happening to us today so um let's let's do a brief look at what he said or what the the founding fathers said um <clears throat> in their charges against the king of england okay he's a uh, he has refused to assent to laws the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. <laughs> Boy, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? Um, I can think of uh, the energy crisis we're having now because Biden has shut everything down. I can think of uh, jobs that are lost because of um, him. Uh, well, <laughs> look at all the things that are being destroyed, all the meatpacking plants, all the uh, he shut down the coal mines. He's or a lot of them, he um, he got rid of the uh, the pipeline that was making us self sufficient. Okay, and I don't think it's just Biden. I think I think um, Obama's behind of all this because Biden on his own couldn't uh, open a can of tuna fish for goodness sakes. But um, yeah, it's it's got to be Obama that's running things anyway. Um, he has forbidden governors to pass laws. Well, what about all the times that, uh, like the state of Texas and, uh, and other uh, border states have tried to make their own laws in order to keep these people from coming across the border? Well, every time they try to do it, um, Biden and his henchmen find a reason why that, that can't happen. Okay? Um, 
Let's see. Let's see. Okay, he has refused to pass other laws for the accommodation of large districts of people unless those people would relinquish the right of representation in the legislature, a right inestimable uh, to them and formidable to tyrants only. When's the last time, folks, you could say that you were you have the right to representation? What was one of the major themes of the Revolutionary War? No taxation without representation. And not just the president, but a majority, a vast majority of the Congress and Senate do not listen to what you have to say. They, they are working for other people. They're working for lobbyists. They're working for other governments. Uh, not for us. Okay. He has called together legislative bodies <clears throat> at places unusual, uncomfortable, and distant from the depository of their public record. Um, for the sole purpose of fatiguing them into compliance with his measures. Well, laws don't get passed because um, a lot of times when, when you go to, they go to pass a law, Biden just uh, produces a, an executive order that basically says, uh, no, we're not going to do what you want to do. Okay. Um, he has dissolved representative houses repeatedly to oppose them. With uh, manly firmness, his invasions of the rights of the people. Okay, according to the Constitution, um, our representatives, who are supposed to represent us, are supposed to be involved in the processes that a lot of things that Biden does, um, and without the consent of Congress. Uh, treaties is one thing that always ticks me off. He's always signing treaties. It's my understanding of the Constitution that the Congress is supposed to ratify constitutions. When's the last time you've heard of the Congress ratifying constitutions? All this climate crap that they got. When has the Congress got into that and ratified it? Um, the New Green Deal. Uh, electric stuff only. Um, when has Congress done anything? And i got to admit that it's probably their fault, too, because they don't press him to be able to do this stuff. But... <laughs> You know, by them in their inaction, he just uh, basically inhabits the vacuum that they create and um, and passes all these laws by executive order. Uh, let's see. He has refused for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected, whereby the legislative powers incapable of annihilation have returned to the people at large for their exercise and the state remaining in their meantime exposed to all dangers of invasion and without um, and without from without and convulsions within well people are pouring across that border all the time folks and we have been crying the whole nation's been crying for him to do something about it and he always does the opposite we ask him to close the gates he opens the gates we ask him to enforce Immigration law, he, he makes them lax. Okay. Um, let's see. He endeavored to prevent population of these states for that purpose, obstructing the laws of naturalization of foreigners, refusing to pass others, uh, pass others to encourage their migrations hither and raise the conditions of, uh, of new appropriations of land. Okay, let's take the first part of that. Um, people know when they come to this country that there's a right way to do it. 
Okay, it's a lengthy process, yes, and it could be an expensive process, yes. But at the same time, it is the process. But if you let people in, illegal people in, without causing them to prove their worthiness or and or their, uh, their condition for having come here, then you make the process null and void. The people that have good people that have gone through the process of becoming citizens feel slighted, and every right and they have every right to feel that way, uh, because they worked hard to get here. But now all these criminals, and a lot of them are criminals. A lot of them have psychiatric disorders. Um, they're allowed to flow across the border, null, null, <laughs> nullifying. That's the word I'm looking for. The the true process of getting here. So okay. Um, okay, he has obstructed the administration of justice by refusing to assent to laws for establishing judiciary powers. Um, a lot of times it seems like it's Biden against the Supreme Court. Okay, um, and if he had his way, folks, he would he would um, stuff the Supreme Court, for lack of a better word, um, with. Uh, upwards of 20 or 30 judges, and you know those people would be um, subject to him, which would basically make make them their whole office null and void because they'd be puppets doing his will. Okay? And even now, they have a hard time doing... And, and a lot of them are, have been uh, threatened uh, with physical uh, physical harm because of their decisions. And he doesn't make it any better because he, he sides with the people that are doing the physical harms. And so now the justices are afraid to make decisions. He has made judges dependent on his, own, his will alone for the tenor, tenure of their offices and to amount payment of their, uh, their salaries. Um, well, what's going on with Trump is a good... The justice, uh, or the judge, excuse me, justice, there's no justice in that judge... Um, she is an appointee of Obama, I do believe. And um, thus, she is able to free willy-nilly persecute and prosecute President Trump. Okay? So now when you get charged with something, is my understanding, you got a fear going in front of a liberal judge, especially if they know you're a conservative. You have to fear going in front of that judge because you know that that judge, when he finds he or she finds out you're a conservative, that, pardon my expression, your ass is grass. Okay? Um, let's see. He has enacted a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and to eat out their substance. How many of you have heard about the... Um, all the new IRS agents that have been hired so that they can uh, tote guns and go collect some of the uh, back taxes that people owe. Um, and he's um, politicized the IRS, too, because if you're a, a conservative, you are much more likely to be audited and prosecuted by the IRS. OK, it's just the way it is, unfortunately. He is kept among us in times of peace, standing armies without consent of our legislatures. Well, I don't know. You really can't look at that. But he has um, he has sent 
our soldiers to places they don't need to be without consent of the legislature. Have you heard of Biden declaring war against uh, Russia? No. Uh, you haven't heard him. Um, he ha- Although we've got troops over there, and I'm convinced that they're in Ukraine, uh, from what I've heard, um, and if that's the truth, then we are fighting the Russians in Ukraine, and uh, uh, without a declaration of war, the guy is uh, bound and determined to, to turn the world into World War Three. Okay, <clears throat> let's see. He is affected to render the military independent and of superior superiority to the civil power. Well, there's a big problem in the military nowadays. You've got two factions in the military, and it's becoming more apparent day by day. If you look at what's happening in Hawaii, read Real Raw News and see. Real Raw News, not Real Raw News, okay? Um, and uh, you'll, you'll see that uh, there are good patriotic soldiers, and there are patriotic soldiers who have vowed allegiance to Biden. Now, they're not supposed to. You're supposed to vow vow allegiance to the Constitution of the United States to protect and defend it from enemies, foreign and domestic. Okay? And the domestic ones are people like Biden. Okay? Um, He has combined with others to subject us to jurisdiction foreign to our Constitution, unacknowledged by our laws, giving his assent to their acts of pretended legislation. Um, No one would like it more than for Biden to turn us over to the international courts. And he'd probably do it someday if he gets the chance. Sorry, folks, there's a gnat flying around here that's driving me nuts. Um, Anyway, yeah, and uh, if anything ever, if push ever comes to shove, you can bet your bottom dollar that Joseph Biden is going to call in the U.N., Okay, let's see. For cutting off our trade with all parts of the world, except for the people that he wants to trade with. Okay, um, some states, some nations have uh, have gotten off the dollar system now because they see it's corrupt. They see Joe Biden is corrupt, um, and uh, I think my wife's home, so we're going to hear the dogs. Um, and the nations that want to trade with us, he's he, he wants to do he's doing trade with Venezuela, uh, a socialist and communist country. Uh, you know, there's another example right there. Okay, for imposing taxes on us without our consent. Well, that doesn't even need to be addressed because it's apparent. for depriving us in many cases of the benefits of trial by jury. Have you heard of, um, sorry folks, uh, trial by jury, have you heard of, um, now they don't need a, they don't need a um, search warrant to come into your house and uh, they can arrest you for just about anything they want to arrest you for. Um, Just, even if you don't like the way you look, they can arrest you for goodness sakes. Um, It's getting to that point anyway. Uh, depriving us in many cases of benefits of trial by jury. Well, I haven't heard too much about that. But if you ask the people that were uh, near the Capitol July 6th, or excuse me, January 6th, uh, a couple of years ago, 
you can bet your bottom dollar that a lot of them were tried without a jury. Uh, for, for, for transporting us beyond seas to be tried for pretend, pretended offenses. Not yet, but coming soon, especially if he bows to the world court. Um, and this, was, this one was interesting. For abolishing the free system of English laws in a neighboring province, which I'm assuming is Canada, um, establishing therein an arbitrary government and enlarging its boundaries so as to render it at once an example and a fit instrument for introducing the same absolute rule into these colonies. Okay? It's got to be Canada. Um, for taking away our charters, abolishing the most valuable laws, and altering fundamentally the forms of government, that speaks for itself. This is not the same government that we had just a few presidents ago. Okay? He's totally changing that over to make us into a socialist uh, socialist system, thus a socialist government. Um, for suspending our legislatures and declaring themselves invest in power uh, to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. Again, you have no rights because your, your uh, legislatures will not listen to you. Okay? And that's been coming for a long time, but Biden has really taken advantage of it. Um, he has abdicated government here by declaring us out of his out of his protection and waging wars against us. Well, talk to the people of Hawaii who just got burned out in Maui. That was an act of war. Talk to the people down in uh, Northern California, both in Santa Rosa and um, Paradise, who were burned out of their homes. Paradise doesn't even exist anymore, as far as I know. And what they're doing in Hawaii, they want to take over the land uh, via eminent domain and just throw the people off of there. So how is that um, benefiting uh, the people, so to speak? Um, let's see. He's plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns. Okay, well, I just talked about that. And destroy the lives of our people. And again, that's that's plain to see. Um, so far, I haven't seen any mercenaries coming here, but they could they could be here in any any time whatsoever. And a lot of people suspect that a lot of people that are coming over the border are basically uh, here to where when when push comes to shove and and uh, defecation hits the road, the oscillator to use them to fight against us. And I I would not surprise be surprised by that whatsoever. Uh, he hasn't arrested any of us on the high seas yet uh, and caused us to fight against our own people. But if, you, if you're in the military and uh, he orders you to fire on American citizens, he hence has done that, okay? And that's, that's coming in the future, okay? Um, back when I was working down in California, I was uh, actually, no, I was going to school up here in, in Oregon and uh, for nursing, and I, I got to talk to one of the girls that that I went to school with, and she was in the Air National Guard up in Portland. And um, I said, you know, I told her about the, there have been um, uh, polls that have been conducted amongst the military in the past. I think the first one was back in the 70s and 80s. Now, every 10 years they do one. And that poll always asks, um, if you were asked to fire on uh, American civilians, would you do it? 
well back in the 70s it was like 90 percent said no and then gradually it's gotten to less and less and less people say no um and i asked her i said you know i said if you were asked to fire on american citizens uh, civilians would you do it and she stopped for a second she goes well i guess if they were disobeying the law and i'm like oh that's really great because all they have to do is make a law that says uh you know it's a criminal to be a christian or it's um it's criminal to be a, a conservative. Uh, then you're breaking the law, and then the government can shoot on you. It's okay. Um, he has excited domestic insurrections against us. Well, Black Lives Matter, um, that and other uh, groups that have gotten together and burned cities and uh, and just created a whole bunch of chaos and mayhem. In the cities, those uh, could fall under that category very easily. Um, and and it talks about savage Indians, but I, I'm not going to go into that because I, I don't think they were as a savage as he, you know they were talking about here. But I didn't live then, so I don't know. Um, but uh, you know, again, you take all the people that are being let into this country, that are are basically savages. <laughs> Um, when you look at them, you know, a lot of them commit crimes here in this country, and uh, they're not sorry that they do it. Uh, recently, there were, my wife and I were watching on TV. Um, last week, I think it was, uh, a guy came across the border, and uh, a family took him in, uh, felt bad for him, took him in. He was from somewhere in Africa, I can't remember. Uh, but he came across the border. They took him in, and um, he ended up kidnapping their daughter, raping her, and then killing her. And um, so sometimes uh, you, you pay a hard price for being nice to people, I guess, especially when they're criminals or, and or mentally ill. Um, and it says that here, uh, in every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for re redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injuries. So it seems like every time we ask the government to come in and do something about these people that are destroying our cities, it breaks out in another city and then in another city. So, uh, and these things aren't random, folks. They're all planned. And you got George Soros to thank for that a lot. He's, um, the fires of hell aren't hot enough for George Soros. But it says, a prince whose character is thus marked by every act which may define a tyrant is unfit to rule a free people. There you have it. Um, and he, he, expl he explained out here in this paragraph that they've appealed to the citizens of Britain, their brothers. He says, our British brethren, um, please do something, help us. And they were ignored by those people, too. Um, and then it goes on to say that uh, basically declaring that uh, we're a free nation and that we're breaking our bonds with, uh, with Great Britain. But as you can see, there are so many parallels to what the Declaration established and what's happening nowadays. I mean, Biden could be King George, King George uh, without any problem whatsoever, you know? Okay, so what I'm going to do, folks, um, I'm going to take a little break for a second. I'm going to play this uh, video by, uh, actually it's an audio again, by Kennedy, um, talking about secret societies, and I shall be right back. Okay, here we go. Our topic tonight is a more sober one of concern to publishers as well as editors. 
I want to talk about our common responsibilities in the face of a common danger. The events of recent weeks may have helped to illuminate that challenge for some, but the dimensions of its threat have loomed large on the horizon for many years. Whatever our hopes may be for the future, for reducing this threat or living with it, there is no escaping either the gravity or the totality of its challenge to our survival and to our security. A challenge that confronts us in unaccustomed ways in every sphere of human activity. This deadly challenge imposes upon our society two requirements of direct concern, both to the press and to the president. Two requirements that may seem almost contradictory in tone, but which must be reconciled and fulfilled if we are to meet this national peril. I refer first to the need for far greater public information, and second, to the need for far greater official secrecy. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweighed the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment. That I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control. And no official of my administration, whether his rank is high or low, civilian or military, should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know. But I do ask, but I do ask every publisher, every editor, and every newsman in the nation to re-examine his own standards and to recognize the nature of our country's peril. In time of war, the government and the press have customarily joined in an effort based largely on self-discipline to prevent unauthorized disclosures to the enemy. In times of clear and present danger, the courts have held that even the privileged rights of the First Amendment must yield to the public's need for national security. Today, no war has been declared. And however fierce the struggle may be, it may never be declared in the traditional fashion. Our way of life is under attack. Those who make themselves our enemy are advancing around the globe. The survival of our friends is in danger. And yet no war has been declared. No borders have been crossed by marching troops. No missiles have been fired. If the press is awaiting a declaration of war, 
before it imposes the self-discipline of combat conditions, then I can only say that no war ever posed a greater threat to our security. If you are awaiting a finding of clear and present danger, then I can only say that the danger has never been more clear and its presence has never been more imminent. It requires a change in outlook, a change in tactics, a change in missions by the government, by the people, by every businessman or labor leader, and by every newspaper. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice, on guerrillas by night instead of armies by day. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no rumor is printed, no secret is revealed. It conducts the Cold War in short with a wartime discipline no democracy would ever hope or wish to match. Nevertheless, every democracy recognizes the necessary restraints of national security. And the question remains whether those restraints need to be more strictly observed if we are to oppose this kind of attack as well as outright invasion. For the facts of the matter are that this nation's foes have openly boasted of acquiring through our newspapers information they would otherwise hire agents to acquire through theft, bribery, or espionage. That details of this nation's covered preparations to counter the enemy's covered operations have been available to every newspaper reader, friend and foe alike. That the size, the strength, the location, and the nature of our forces and weapons and our plans and strategy for their use have all been pinpointed in the press and other news media to a degree sufficient to satisfy any foreign power. And that in at least one case, the publication of details concerning a secret mechanism whereby satellites were followed required its alteration at the expense of considerable time and money. The newspapers which printed these stories were loyal, patriotic, responsible, and well-meaning. Had we been engaged in open warfare, they undoubtedly would not have published such items. But in the absence of open warfare, they recognized only the tests of journalism and not the tests of national security. And my question tonight is whether additional tests should not now be adopted. That question is for you alone to answer. No public official should answer it for you. No governmental plan should impose its restraints against your will. But I would be failing in my duty to the nation in considering all of the responsibilities that we now bear and all of the means at hand to meet those responsibilities if I did not commend this problem to your attention and urge its thoughtful consideration. 
On many earlier occasions, I have said, and your newspapers have constantly said, that these are times that appeal to every citizen's sense of sacrifice and self-discipline. They call out to every citizen to weigh his rights and comforts against his obligations to the common good. I cannot now believe that those citizens who serve in the newspaper business consider themselves exempt from that appeal. I have no intention of establishing a new office of war information to govern the flow of news. I am not suggesting any new forms of censorship or new types of security classifications. I have no easy answer to the dilemma that I have posed and would not seek to impose it if I had one. But I am asking the members of the newspaper profession and the industry in this country to re-examine their own responsibilities, to consider the degree and the nature of the present danger, and to heed the duty of self-restraint which that danger imposes upon us all. Every newspaper now asks itself, with respect to every story, is it news? All I suggest is that you add the question, is it in the interest of national security? And I hope that every group in America, unions and businessmen and public officials at every level, will ask the same question of their endeavors and subject their actions to this same exacting test. And should the press of America consider and recommend the voluntary assumption of specific new steps or machinery, I can assure you that we will cooperate wholeheartedly with those recommendations. Perhaps there will be no recommendations. Perhaps there is no answer to the dilemma faced by a free and open society in a cold and secret war. In times of peace, any discussion of this subject and any action that results are both painful and without precedent. But this is a time of peace and peril, which knows no precedent in history. It is the unprecedented nature of this challenge that also gives rise to your second obligation, an obligation which I share. And that is our obligation to inform and alert the American people, to make certain that they possess all the facts that they need and understand them as well, the perils, the prospects, the purposes of our program and the choices that we face. No president should fear public scrutiny of his program, for from that scrutiny comes understanding, and from that understanding comes support or opposition, and both are necessary. I am not asking your newspapers to support an administration, but I am asking your help in the tremendous task of informing and alerting the American people. For I have complete confidence. And the response and dedication of our citizens, whenever they are fully informed. I not only could not stifle controversy among your readers, I welcome it. This administration intends to be candid about its errors. For as a wise man once said, an error doesn't become a mistake until you refuse to correct it. We intend to accept full responsibility for our errors, and we expect you to point them out when we miss them. Without debate, without criticism, no administration and no country can succeed, and no republic can survive. That is why the Athenian lawmaker Sola decreed it a crime for any citizen to shrink from controversy. 
And that is why our press was protected by the First Amendment, the only business in America specifically protected by the Constitution, not primarily to amuse and entertain, not to emphasize the trivial and the sentimental, not to simply give the public what it wants, but to inform, to arouse, to reflect, to state our dangers and our opportunities, to indicate our crises and our choices, to lead, mold, educate, and sometimes even anger public opinion. This means greater coverage and analysis of international news, for it is no longer far away and foreign, but close at hand and local. It means greater attention to improved understanding of the news, as well as improved transmission. And it means, finally, that government at all levels must meet its obligation to provide you with the fullest possible information outside the narrowest limits of national security and we intend to do it. It was early in the 17th century that Francis Bacon remarked on three recent inventions already transforming the world, the compass, gunpowder, and the printing press. Now the links between the nations, first forged by the compass, have made us all citizens of the world, the hopes and threats of one becoming the hopes and threats of us all. In that one world's effort to live together, the evolution of gunpowder to its ultimate limit has warned mankind of the terrible consequences of failure. And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance, confident that with your help, Man will be what he was born to be, free and independent. Wow, that was awesome. Hey, could, have you noticed, folks, from that speech that the enemy back then was depressed, too? <laughs> They've always seemed to be the enemy um, in one way or another. Um, <clears throat> I like when he, he mentioned that... Uh, I don't remember what context, but uh, that the, when the day comes for a need for increased security, um, that it could be seized by those who want to enslave the people. And boy, think about September 11, 2001. Before that, you could go into an airport, see your loved ones off. Before that, they had a have reasonable doubt before they came and knocked on your door and have a search warrant. Um, before that, there was habeas corpus. Before that, there was uh, posse comitatus. And then um, George W. Bush got into office and uh, and canceled the last two things I mentioned. And uh, he uh, took the uh, the need for increased security to the ultimate limit. And it's been working to our detriment ever since uh, because a little leaven leavened the whole loaf. Okay. Um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, back when we went into Somalia for that brief time, <laughs> and it turned out to be a disaster for us, um, waiting on the beach in Somalia, I don't know how the heck he got there, it was Geraldo Rivera and a news crew. 
And when those soldiers started coming on that beach, they turned on the lights. The, the newscasters did. They turned on the lights and revealed the soldiers coming ashore. In my estimation, Geraldo Rivera should have been taken out and shot. That's a tra- treasonous act that's revealing the our troops, uh, their location, and everything else. And uh, that bastard never got taken to deed for that. Uh, but the problem's always been with the press, as he said, you know, that they leaked information, he said that, and that uh, he wanted to work with them. <clears throat> and uh, this speech, by the way, was dubbed the speech that got him killed. Um, the secret societies he was talking about were the Masons and, and others, and, um, <clears throat> and how they control the world. Okay. Nothing happens unless the Masons and the secret societies say that it happens. And, and uh, they're directed by the, the elites, and the elites pay homage to the secret societies. Oh, my goodness, it's a mess. Um, <clears throat> no different than in the day that Yeshua walked the earth. Okay, folks, real quick, I, I see we're, we've gone right through an hour and a half now. So let's watch this other video, this guy that's talking about civil war and how it might be necessary. Um, he's a QAnon, so, you know, uh, listen to it. And uh, anyway, I'm going to, in the second one, we'll kind of abbreviate the second video, okay? Because I don't want this to go too long. Okay, so here we go with this video, okay? Doc Rightwing here, and today I want to talk about why I'm warming up to the idea of a second American Civil War. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's an extremist position, and I'll give you that. It is a very extreme position. My cousin, an Afghanistan army vet, recently pointed out that a civil war would mean I'd be calling members of my own family the enemy, and no one likes the thought of that. But don't get me wrong. I'm not committed to the idea at this point. I'm just saying I'm warming up to it. Because I believe extreme times call for extreme measures. Consider things from my point of view for a moment. First, I saw the Russia collusion hoax propagated by the heads of our intelligence agencies to undermine our democratically elected president. Then COVID hit, and I saw leftist bureaucrats like Fauci and Walensky trample on our personal freedoms in the name of public health. In the midst of all that, BLM and Antifa burned down half the country in a seemingly endless series of hundreds of riots. Then, on January 6th, when another riot broke out, this time because some Trump voters believed the Democrats cheated in the presidential election, that riot was treated as a true threat to democracy, and they were labeled insurrectionists and conspiracy theorists. This is all despite the obvious double standard, of course, because Hillary voters believed until one year prior that Trump had colluded with Putin to steal the 2016 election. And we'd all just seen those BLM and Antifa riots that cost the taxpayers billions and killed many innocent people. But those have been characterized as civil rights protests. And now, as illegal protests are held outside the homes of Supreme Court justices in an effort to dictate laws by jurisprudence that y'all don't have the votes to pass through a legislature, we know full well that the situation would be treated more like January 6th if those crowds were full of conservatives instead of leftists. They'd be labeled insurrectionists, threats to democracy, and so on. And then comes the straw that may have broken this camel's back. Those January 6th rioters turned out to be completely right. You did cheat in the 2020 election. 
and that corpse you've been wheeling around the White House doesn't belong there at all. You stole the election, and then, to add insult to injury, you proceeded to open up our borders, leave Americans to the Taliban, and plunge our country into recession, all the while blaming everyone but your lying, cheating selves. Well, yeah, I'm pretty mad about all that, and I'm not the only one. So sure, this situation is breeding some insurrectionists on our side that have an urge to declare war just like Antifar BLM, and I hope I've helped a few of you dumb leftists out there to understand why that's happening. What I'm pointing out, and what I hope you take away, is that tensions are growing hot on both sides, and if we play with fire too much longer, someone's gonna get burned. And with that, I yield back the balance of my time. Please like and subscribe, visit my site, DocRightWing.com, and until next time, comrades, Doc Rightwing here, and today I want Okay. To yeah, pretty interesting, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it pretty well expresses the sentiment, and folks, I apologize for the blurriness, I don't know what's bringing that on. Maybe the camera's tired. <laughs> Anyway, um, I'm, the next video I'm just going to play to where he talks about Bill uh, Bill Gates, and then I'm going to shut that video down, and then we'll say adios, okay? Here we go. What's going on, guys? Black Scout Survival, Late Night Live. Thanks for tuning in. You ever like imagine winning the lottery? I'm sure everyone has at some point in time. You sit around and think, to you know, one amazing amount of money. What you what you do? This Houston couple actually had a similar experience. They purchased a bunch of empty gun cases from a military surplus website, and only to discover that not all the cases were empty. <laughs> they were loaded with M16s. How freaking awesome is that, right? Um, that would that would be awesome. Um, I just want to start off the show with that. Uh, I wish I could have. Maybe I should start buying some empty gun cases. What, what about you guys? Um, another another crazy thing before we get into the, the Civil War topic. This was uh, sent to me from a New York subway, a radiation exposure sign sp spotted on a New York City subway. It probably means nothing, right? A decontamination chart, what to do. What's your thoughts? Yeah, it's, it's nothing. Don't get conspiracy theory on us, right? Anyway, let's talk about Civil War. I've talked about this a lot, okay? And, and my whole going into the Civil War topics, you know, two, three years ago, whenever I did, um, it all was sparked by things I'd read, not because I'm wanting a Civil War. A lot of retards would see the, the thumbnail and say, oh, he's wanting a civil war. I don't want a civil war. Um, but what I read from, you know, professors and things like that, they were talking about that we were already in one. So anyhow, whenever I said it, though, I'm a lunatic, I'm an idiot, um, conspiracy theorist, right-wing uh, extremist, all, all these sort of things. But Bill Gates, Bill Gates said that, in an article with Forbes, let me find the actual article here. Um, here we go. Bill Gates says political polarization may bring it all to an end. 
may bring it all to an end, guys, and could even lead to a civil war. And this was uh, posted in the Insider here as well. A lot of websites have been covering this, but he uses some uh, key words here that I want to like focus in on. I'll go ahead and read some of the uh, article for you, or his statements, I should say. He says, I admit that political polarization may bring it all to an end. We're going to have a hung election and a civil war. He recently said at the keynote com conversation at this year's Forbes 400 Summit, on philanthropy sorry it was a summit but notice what he said here he says that we're going to have a hung election and civil war not maybe not oh it's a possibility he says we we are going to have a hung election and civil war okay um he says i have no expertise in that i'm not going to divert my money to that because i wouldn't know how to spend it so Bill Gates, when he says these things, it's published and, you know, he, he's, he's not a lunatic, right? I mean, I think he's a lunatic. I think he's an evil guy. Um, and you got to be careful about saying that because YouTube loves that, that song. And they, they love that dude. Um, they'll, they'll ban your video for talking bad about him um, because he's part of the Global Elite World Economic Forum. He's buddies with the uh, YouTube CEO and all those sort of things. But like I said, he didn't say maybe. He said it's going to happen. Right. Um, like I said, I've been saying this for years and I didn't make this up when I was talking about it. And I referenced the articles, but you have idiots out there that they they they, they got really triggered there. Over the years, I've been talking about people get really triggered about this and then they'll go comment on other guys like other YouTubers channels saying that I'm a nut job because I want a civil war. You know, I think they just see the thumbnail and they just freaking get triggered. I don't know. I read this analysis um, during that time, and it said that we had escalated to like an 80% chance. And this is something these analysts do. Uh, and this was a private sector analyst, not governmental. <clears throat> but they were saying that, I'm sorry, this was a, a governmental, I think with the FBI. I think it was with the FBI. Or, I think it was the FBI and then one of the intelligence conferences. I'm pretty sure that's where this was, where I read that article from. It's been years, so forgive me for the details. But they said it was an 80, I remember that it was 80% chance. We had moved from 20% to 80% chance of, um, and they look at historical evidence um, and di you know, diagnose this based on the evidence. And so <clears throat> it's not something they made up, right? Um, let me see what else I have here. Americans say that, where is that? Right here. 43% of Americans <clears throat> say civil war is at least somewhat likely in the next 10 years. The thing is, we saw <clears throat> with the riots, the increasing crime we've been seeing with no punishment. I mean, it's, it's going rampant right now. I mean, it, it, what the past few weeks have been showing video clips constantly, and that's just, that's just a snippet of what I'm seeing on the internet. Um, I mean, it is everywhere and it's constant, right? So you see this increasing crime and these sort of things. What do you think is going to happen? It's going to keep exploding, right? <clears throat> Here's an article here. U.S. closer to civil war than most would likely to believe. <clears throat> so um, going back to Bill Gates here for a moment, he says that political polarization 
goes hand in hand with another issue, and that is the spread of misinformation. Now, I would I would venture to say his whole statements at this Forbes conference was to throw shade at um, Republicans. I, I would say that's what his tactic was. He's not saying that the political polarization is a result of Democrats. <clears throat> He's saying it's, it's uh, Republicans, I'm, I'm certain. Um, because he brings up misinformation, and, 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 and the leftists love to say that. And, and misinformation to them is something that CNN didn't tell them. It, it can be true, but if CNN didn't say it, it is misinformation, right? And so he then goes on to say the polarization and lack of trust is a problem. Lack of trust. Why? Why do we have a lack of trust? Well, you lie to us, right? You say go get go get the jabby, you won't get it. You won't get you won't get the sickness, and then you do get it. Oh well, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna get it, right? But you're not gonna spread it. And then then oh no, you can spread it, right? Of course, I'm not gonna trust you. You you can't you can't keep you can't keep the story straight, right? But he continued to Forbes um, and then talking about Robert Kennedy that had one of the best-selling books last year saying that Bill Gates likes to make money and kill millions of people with vaccines. And he said that it, it's wild that it sells well. Well, <clears throat> whether well, smothers fire. I mean, what can you say? He says, I'm uh, generally optimistic about the future, but one thing that dampens my outlook a bit is the increasing polarization in America, especially when it comes to politics. Gates wrote at the time in a blog post about the book pick. So he was, there's actually another time he's talking about this in, in a blog post. <clears throat> but the U.S. is closer to civil war than any of us like would like to believe a member of a key CIA advisory panel has just said, right? So this is actually a, another article <clears throat> where a CIA advisory panel says where the analysis applied that they use with other countries. This analysis was from a lady, uh, former CIA analyst, Barbara Walter, a political science professor. Oh, oh no, so that, that is not the CIA lady. This is the political science professor at University of California. This is the professor I was talking about at San Diego. Um, and she wrote a book about this. And at the same time, at the same, same time she's saying this, three retired generals wrote in the uh, post that they were increasingly concerned about the aftermath of the 2024 presidential election and the potential for lethal chaos inside our military. Now, what they were talking about, um, the generals were specifically, is that there's a huge divide amongst the rank of soldiers. <clears throat> Obviously, you have guys, that, hey, I, I, they're just wanting to sign up to serve the country, but they get in there and they're being indoctrinated by, you know, wokeism, Marxism, you know, uh, these these gender things, you know, <clears throat> you're a racist, uh, whatever, if you are a Christian, these sort of things, right? So that is where um, a lot of the divide will come from, okay? So not that one. Yeah, so professor says U.S. approaching possible civil war and instability. Um. The CIA actually has a task force designed to try to predict where and when political instability and conflict is likely to break out around the world. It's just not legally allowed to look at the United States. That means they are blind to the risk factors that are rapidly emerging here. Um, this, this is what the CIA analyst is saying. 
But if you were looking at anal analysts in a foreign country looking at events in America the same way you would look at events in Ukraine, the Ivory Coast, or Venezuela, you would go down a checklist assessing each of the conditions that make civil war likely. And what you would find is that the United States, a democracy founded more than two centuries ago, has entered very dangerous territory, she says. She concludes that the U.S. has passed through stages of pre-insurgency and incipient conflict and may now be in uh, close to open conflict. So this is what she does for a living. Folks, I'm going to put an end to it right there because... He's saying stuff we've heard already, and um, and it just goes to prove that there are people out there that see civil war as a, an eventuality, a very strong probability, okay? So anyway, um, that pretty well sums up the show. Um, are we in line for a, uh, a civil war? I, I definitely think so. Uh, what do you do when that happens? That's between you and your creator, okay? I'm not going to tell you what I would do, although I'm a man of peace, so probably not much. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I better let it go right there. So, folks, um, trust in Yahweh. He knows what's going on before it happens, because in his eyes, it's happened already, okay? Trust in him with your heart, with all your understanding, and know that he, if you belong to him, he's going to protect you, and he'll tell you what to do when the time comes, okay? Grow closer to him. Always grow closer to him. The only insurance policy that is 100% in your favor, okay? Now, if you don't know him, get to know him. Um, quickly, time is short. And if you'd like to do that, um, you could write to us. Uh, you go to delusionresistance.org, and my my uh, email address is over there, okay? Plus a lot of good stuff, too. So anyway, uh, don't worry about it, okay? It'll all work out. It always does for God's people, okay? Uh, Yahweh bless you. May um, Yahweh bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to rise upon you and be gracious unto you. May you watch your going out, you're coming in, you're rising up, and you're lying down. May he bring you the peace that passes all understanding, a peace that the world cannot understand, but that you'll be able to understand because you know him through the mind of Christ, through the mind of Mashiach. So that having been said, folks, uh, we'll see you, let's see, yeah, see you Thursday. At the same time, same bat time, same bat channel, 3 in the afternoon, Pacific time. Okay, Yahweh bless you, keep you, and uh, we will talk to you real soon. Good night.